And we are back here on another season, another episode of Fantasies from the Bedroom, where we make all of your fantasies come true. My name is Jake Weiss. I am your host, coming to you live from my living room, because that's where I do these now. It is Wednesday, August 31st, Keeper Announcement Day, and we are doing a surprise Announce the Keepers in a pod, hoping to come to you with episodes Every week this week, trying to have some fun, hopefully have a bunch of you on. We got a great season ahead. And am I coming to you live as the reigning champ? Is that why I decided to do an extra pod? Just to remind you all that you're looking or you're listening to the reigning champ? Maybe. Who knows? Shout out Akko, my partner, who was definitely a part of it. Um, though has not been able to talk to me once this offseason about anything. So the keeper we announced today is not really with his knowledge. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. But what I'm going to do, I'm just going to go through each pick 1 through 10 right now and take us through who they kept, what kind of their decision-making was, announce it at the end, and then give you some stats about keepers overall. We'll keep it short and sweet. I'll see you all at the draft next Tuesday, and I will hopefully next Wednesday get a draft recap and season preview pod going. But with that, Statman and Mitch are picking first, and looking at their team, they didn't really have great sets of keepers. A lot of their early picks, they went two quarterbacks in the first two with Kyler and Russ, then Chris Carson, Terry McLaurin, just not much there, but sneaky guy who sneakily has been good for a few years in a row now, was good again last year, and has sneaky been driving up draft boards, they are going to keep Brandon Cooks in the 11th round. A great pick uh, in, in my books, all things considered. They did have Devontae Smith in the 12th, so if you think he's going to have a breakout, they had a chance to do that. Um, and they did not hold on to Derek Carr in the last round. So... Brandon Cooks is their pick, a solid one, but likely not a season-winning one. Next, we move to Jackson and A, Peyton's man thing, picking second this year. Last year, they picked 10th and kept Derrick Henry for the second time in the first round. Then had a series of fine picks, Dak, Aaron Rodgers, Montgomery, Jacobs. But all of a sudden, towards the bottom, this team got hot. This team last year is the model for at least in this league and the way we've done it now, hey, in your last few rounds, you actually can win the league or, or make significant picks. Because in round 10, this team went with Jamar Chase. In round 11, this team went with James Conner. And in round 13, this team went with Mike Williams. I think all three of those guys are going to be top four or five round picks. Maybe one slips into the sixth because we're a smaller league. But those are all really good options. They really did have a lot of good keeper options. But think it's obvious they went with the right move and they are keeping Jamar Chase in the 10th round so that is two wide receivers off the board with the third pick we move to David and Henry and this is a similar one in which this team also had in my mind three legitimate keeper options this was a really good team last year they uh they went Zeke, Lamar and then a run of wide receivers AJ Brown, Mike Evans, Cooper Cup, T Higgins and the reason that worked out from a running back perspective is they snagged Leonard Fournette in the 11th. So this team had Cup in the 5th, Higgins in the 6th, Fournette in the 11th, all as legitimate keeper options. Wouldn't have been upset about any of them, but similar to Jackson and Abe, 
They made the decision they had to make, which is keeping Cooper Cup in the fifth round. A great steal there, and that will give them a massive advantage heading into the draft. Looking next, Jay and Brent. Can't say I loved the team last year, but they benefited significantly early in the season from keeping DeAndre Swift in the ninth. Now, what none of you know, but I know, is that Jay and Brent texted me and said they would like to keep him again. I believe they said this year in the eighth, thinking that you move up around. Now, from the moment we announced keepers, we made the rule clear that if you keep somebody in their second year, they become a first-round pick. But these two decided to tell me I was being an unfair commissioner and that, quote, well, we just make up new rules every time, so why don't you make up a new rule here? And I just want to take 30 seconds to squash this fucking lie right now. Uh, to be clear, last year we made a set of sweeping rule changes. The first time we had made any rule changes in the league in a long, long time. We went to a auction budget. We went to two QBs, or really a super flex, and we removed kickers and defense. All of that happened last year. One massive rule change. And then and we added keepers. And this year, after all the hubbub, we upped the buy-in by $50 a person. You're all working people. You're all adults. We can all afford $50 more a person. And yet I'm being told we change the rules all the time so you can change the rules. Fuck that. They're not allowed to keep Swift. So instead, they're making the logical choice. And they are the first team to keep a quarterback. And they will be keeping Joe Cool, Joey Burrow, in the sixth round, a very solid pick uh, and good value at quarterback, which I think is going to be a spot that goes quickly in this year's draft. We move next to the, uh, they still consider themselves the reigning champs, uh, Tampa Real Estate, though I believe they came in last last year. And also Connor came at me in the group me, so fuck them too. But anyway, this team had an interesting pair of choices because they have... Eckler in the second, which is one of those, you know, you're getting a round of value. Maybe he's a, you know, mid to late first round pick type situation, but you only get the one round of value. Or they took advantage of one of our good rules, which is if you pick someone up and they were drafted by someone else and they play in your team, you can keep them. And they snagged AJ, AJ Dillon, an 11th round pick from Mesh and Rosen and played him on their team, and therefore they get to keep A.J. Dillon in the 11th. So, you know, was he more likely to go in like the 6th or 7th? So you get maybe not the star power of Eckler, but about four or five rounds of value right there. So a very, very interesting keeper, uh, but I think that they also made a good decision there. Moving on, we have Mesh and Rosen. And Mesh and Rosen had a solid team, but but some some tough picks in the middle, right? They went with... Miles Sanders in the fifth, Mostert in the sixth, Ayuk in the seventh, Sermon in the eighth. That, I mean, tough to recover fully from that type of situation, right? But they did have some late picks that benefited them well, and it put them in an interesting situation from a draft perspective. Now, what were those? Excuse me. They were Michael Pittman in the tenth, Ooh, I missed one. Trey Lance in the ninth, Michael Pittman in the 10th. Like I said, A.J. Dillon in the 11th. And then they picked up from Miyanako, Jalen Watt on the 13th. Now, the unfortunate reality is neither Lance nor Dillon finished on their roster. So neither of them were eligible to be picked up. Now, they did also pick up Amon Ross St. Brown. 
But as you know, if you pick up somebody who wasn't drafted, that would have been a sixth-round keeper. So not as much value there as that's probably around where he might go or maybe a little later, who knows. So when all was said and done, although they, from their draft and their pickups, had a lot of options, I think it really came down to Pittman at 10, Waddle at 13. I personally think they made the right decision. They keep Pittman in the 10th. I think he has a much higher likelihood to be a top five fantasy wide receiver. Whereas, I, you know, Waddle, there's Hill. I don't love Tua. Who knows? It's only his second year. So they will be keeping Michael Pittman in the 10th. So if you want to do some stats through six keepers, we have one, two, three, four wide receivers, one running back, and one, quarter, one uh, quarterback. And five of the six were drafted by their team. One was picked up by their team in A.J. Dillon. Next, we moved to Miyanako. And, and we were honestly, yes, we're the reigning champs, whatever. To, to be clear, we didn't have that great of a draft or really that great of a team. We really kind of strung it together and, and got hot and made some good pickups and got really lucky. To give you context, we had McCaffrey first, hurt for most of the season. Ridley second, gave up on football halfway through the season. Robert Woods fourth, tore his ACL. Tannehill, fifth, had his worst year as a quarterback on Tennessee. And Mike Davis, sixth, who got replaced by Cordero fucking Patterson. So that's just to give you context. But we had some a couple other really good picks that kind of carried us through the season along with good pickups. But the picks that were up for grabs here were we had Justin Herbert, QB breakout sensation in the third. Mark Andrews, tight end one in the seventh. And Javante Williams, the rookie sensation in the eighth. And so when we first decided to make our keepers, we had Herbert in mind. And then the more we sat with it, the more Javante was just tantalizing, super exciting running back. Andrews never really crossed my mind. I Just keeping a tight end, it hurts. It's not the value-add position. I don't know if he could be good again. Who knows? So we are officially announcing that we are keeping Javante Williams in the eighth. Last year was the first time I ever let Akko talk me into picking rookies. And just like that, now we're keeping a rookie in year two. So that's how it goes. All right, on to pick eight, Kess and Weissman. Now, this was throughout the year last year. Some of you may forget, but pretty consistently the, the best team in the regular season. They won the regular season, and they did that through a combo of having been able to keep Jonathan Taylor in the fourth, and then their picks of Kamara in the first, Tyreek Hill in the second, Mixon in the third, Keenan Allen in the fourth, Chase Edmonds in the eighth, and they ended up, oh, I didn't even realize this, they ended up with James Conner. So actually, they, I, I misspoke earlier. I apologize to, uh, I want to say it was Jackson Nave. This team ended up with James Conner. So they had so many options on who to keep. My goodness, just really impressive. And they also picked up Fields at one point, and they picked up Derek Carr, so they had QB keepers they could have gone with. This team was awesome. Very unfortunate for them that they lost uh, the way that they did, and they didn't even come in third, but they got that first-place regular season money. So a lot of interesting options. to be. Sorry, it was Jonathan Taylor in the fifth last year. To be honest, I can't actually say I very much agree with their choice, but I understand the tantalizing option. They chose to go with the eighth pick so that they could keep Jonathan Taylor for a second year in a row because unlike those fuckers, Brent and Jay, they know the rules, and Jonathan Taylor will be their first-round pick. So could they have kept Mixon in the third, chosen the number one overall pick, and gotten both JT and Mixon in the first and the third? Yes. 
Could they have kept James Conner in the 11th and probably gotten some of these guys and picked first and gotten J- Yes, but the, the tantalizing opportunity of Jonathan Taylor was too much. They get last year's RB1 and potentially this year's RB1 at the 8th slot, and we'll have a good pick on that come around in round 2. So that's now two years in a row. Uh, the year before, Derrick Henry was kept for the second year in a row. Uh, and as a first-round keeper, became a first-round keeper, and this year it's Jonathan Taylor. Will that trend continue? Is anybody else good enough who is being kept this year that they will be kept again as a first-round pick next year? We move to Robbie and Justin, who had a very good team last year. And what's interesting is if you go back and you look at last year, there were a few different strategies that teams employed, right? Uh, Statman and Mitch used their first two picks on quarterbacks. Kyler and Russ. Uh, I want to say, you know, other teams use, so uh, Mesh and Rosen used their first and their fourth on quarterbacks. Some teams did a quarterback early and then waited a while. Well, Robbie and Justin were the ones who said, what if we wait on quarterback? And their first quarterback chosen was Kirk Cousins in the seventh. Then they did Trevor Lawrence in the eighth. Justin Fields in the ninth, and they had kept CD in the 10th last year, and so they were able to stack up on skill position players. Dalvin in the first, Najee in the second, Justin Jefferson in the third, Allen Robinson in the fourth, nightmare, Kyle Pitts in the fifth. So realistically, heading into this year, they had three logical options. Najee in the second, if you're hyped on running backs, Jefferson in the third, or Pitts in the fifth. When I first looked at this, I I thought that they were going to go Najee. And then that was before I'd really gotten into my research. I think Justin Jefferson ends this season as the wide receiver one. I think he's the best wide receiver in football. And he was absolutely the right guy to keep in the third round there. So they will be keeping Justin Jefferson in the third round. And lastly, we move to Jason and Brian, who for at the very least the second year in a row, it could even be the third, but for the second year in a row, are picking in the 10th slot, and they chose the 10th slot early for the second year in a row. And for the second year in a row, they will be keeping a wide receiver that they got great value on late in the draft. And two years ago, or last year, they kept Stephon Diggs, who they had taken in the seventh round the year before. And this year, they will be keeping Debo Samuel, who they got in the ninth round uh, last year. And so they have their formula. It works. Just to note, who were any other keeper options? Not many, right? Not many. They went Aaron Jones 1, Barkley 2, Brady 3, Kittle 4, Daryl Henderson 5, Edward, Gus Edwards 6, Baker 7. Sorry, Baker 8, Diggs 7. Now, they had drafted Michael Thomas in the 10th and Cortland Sutton in the 12th, but neither of them finished on their final roster. And they did pick up Trevor Lawrence at one point, so they could have gone Lawrence in the eighth, but I don't know how much value there really is there. I think they made the absolute right choice. Debo, an absolute star, likely would be a second-round pick in this draft. They get him in the ninth round. So there you have it, folks. We have Statman and Mitch keeping Brandon Cooks in the 11th, Jackson and Abe keeping Jamar Chase in the 10th, Hank and Dave keeping Cooper Cup in the 5th, Jay and Brent keeping Joe Burrow in the 6th, Connor and Pot keeping A.J. Dillon in the 11th. Mesh and Rosen keeping Michael Pittman in the 10th. Jake and Akko keeping Javante Williams in the 8th. Kesson Weissman keeping Jonathan Taylor in the 1st. 
Robbie and Justin keeping Justin Jefferson in the third, and Brian and Jason keeping Debo Samuel in the eighth. For some stats, last year, of all the players kept, there were five running backs of 10. James Robinson, Jonathan Taylor, Antonio Gibson, Derrick Henry, and DeAndre Swift. There were two tight ends, Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller. And then the remaining three were wide receivers. We kept Deontay Johnson. Robbie and Justin kept CeeDee Lamb. Jason and Brian kept Stephon Diggs. Heading into this year, the result will be of the 10 players kept, there is one quarterback in Joe 